0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Confident Coach Club, where we help new and aspiring coaches start and grow their business. We talk about finding your niche, packaging your services, creating content that your audience loves, and finding your first couple of clients. It's kind of like the business school for coaches. I'm your host, Liz Huber. Welcome to the show and enjoy today's episode. hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the confident coach club podcast i'm your host Liz huber and today i have alice agnello on the show with me alice is a lifestyle and success coach that helps women figure out who they are now that their kids are grown and may not need them as much I'm super excited to talk to her about how she found her like, super specific niche, how she gets clients, how she manages her podcast, and much, much more. Welcome to the show, Alice.
1: Thanks, Liz, so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: All right. What are I always start off the, you know, the conversation with asking my guests to introduce themselves to our audience so what would you say if you're let's say you're at a networking event someone asks you what do you do
1: sure so my really quick answer would be i help women in midlife achieve achieve the dreams that they put on hold when they had kids and then usually the next question is like well i don't understand what that means if it's a man they especially don't understand what that means and i think a woman who is married will understand that and has kids Um, in order to, I feel like you were handed this baby when they're born and all of a sudden there's a switch that goes off in some of us and all of us dedicate just everything to that child. They give up so much to make sure that they're successful. So that then when they are ready to launch and either go to college or just leave the security of the home that they lived in for the past like 18 to 20 years, all of a sudden now we're left with all this extra time and now we turn inward and we're like kind of lost as to what we do next and where do we go and there's guilt associated with that. Um and so I try and help those women kind of figure out what they want to do now and maybe be a little nicer to themselves and trying to figure out that whole entire process.
0: Thank you for explaining that. That's such a great niche. Like when uh, Chris, who was also on the on the podcast, introduced me to you, I was like, oh my God, I have to have Alice on the show because I love when coaches, are so hyper-specific. So I'd love to know more about how, first, how did you get into coaching, but how did you also, you know, land on this so specific niche?
1: I think it was when my eldest son was a junior in high school, and I just started kind of feeling, the right word is like, uncertain. I felt like there's this pressure, or I was realizing that he was, you know, leaving a lot more and driving and and having much more independence and was not relying on me so much for more things. And I was gaining more time back. And I kind of struggled for about two years trying to figure out what do I want to do now that they're, I mean, I've, I've always worked for the most part, except when the kids were really young and I just wasn't happy with what I was doing and where I was going. And so I decided, um, I actually went through uh, B school. So Marie Forleo was B school. And I just, I can't remember how I stumbled upon her, but that's how I did it. And so I just said, my husband, I have to do this. I'm just telling you this now I'm going to do this. <laughs> and, and so I, w- I was getting up like really early in the morning, staying up late and just went through the whole entire process. And through that, that's how I figured out that, yeah, this is, I definitely want to go into do coaching. I think I've always been that way um for a long time people will i'm a very good listener and i think i do give good advice but i'm also trying to help people figure out by for themselves what they need to do because you really do have all the answers you just need to, to find someone to help open that box for you and when i um Told some of the people that I know, good friends of what I was doing, they all said, Oh my God, that's perfect for you. You've been doing that for me for years without like getting paid or anything like that to do it. So that's really kind of how I got into it.
0: <laughs> that really sounds like a perfect fit. And it's actually something, is so in our online course at the Confident Coach Club, it's something that we teach in our niche model, like how to find your niche. It's really about, you know, just asking yourself that question what do people come to you for? like and ask for help and so that's often and often it's the struggle that we we already went through in our own lives right and so we can guide others so yeah, we are really it. familiar we're really familiar with it so we
1: can empathize but we also know we've we're now on the other side of, it, of what well, what they're going through and so hopefully we're going to you know drag them kicking and screaming hopefully not <laughs> into the other side because you know it's much better after you're done
0: totally totally um all right so you did b school and then did you also because that's more like a business training which helped you figure out what kind of business you want to start. That's what I understood. So did you also do a coaching certification program or some kind of training?
1: Yeah, I started that, I want to say, no, July. I wanted to start in April of that year, the same time that I took B-School, but I couldn't get in or um, it just wasn't working out with my schedule. And so I started in July... Um, and I went to Coach University, I wanted to find a program that was 100% online, because there was just no way with family demands and work demands that I could actually, like, leave for any certain amount of time to go for, you know, extended period of time and do something, so it took, I think I started in July, and I finished the following March, yeah,
0: Okay. That's interesting that it's 100% online. Is that something you would, if people have the option of you know attending something online versus parts that are live, what was your experience like? Would you recommend doing something that's purely online? So
1: I am a natural introvert. <laughs> so the option of being online was totally fine with me, but I also knew that I was going to have to get out of that comfort zone in the sense that like if we had to group up and have a partner that I had to take the initiative, you know, reach out to someone. Because I think as an introvert, when you go out and you try for something and you're what you perceive as a rejection, you're automatically then, okay, I'm not going to do that again because I that, that hurt to not have someone say no. And so every time the... Um, the instructor would tell us to go and get a partner I would kind of look through the list and I really actually picked people based on where they were in the world or the United States because I didn't want to try and meet up with someone who was um you know 10 hours ahead or behind me it was just going to be a little harder so I try to stick to either people in the United States or in a good time zone um and so that's how I met like Chris is because he was on the East Coast with me and just one state, one or two states down. So, (laughs) but I, I highly recommend it because again, it gave me a foundation and that's what I'm looking for. I love learning. And so I wanted something that had some kind of structure to that I could kind of refer to and go back to and still have um, a good fair amount of training in the whole process.
0: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Did you feel like after the training, did you feel you were ready to start charging or did you, you know, do more training or coach people for free or something?
1: So I I started coaching people for free. A lot of them were friends of friends. Like I didn't want someone I knew really well because I felt like, um, I, I like to be curious about something. So I wanted to know, not really know the person that well, and then try and help them through situations. And I also um, coached a couple of people who were not in my niche in, in just trying to expand my coaching abilities to see, okay, so how could I help this person? Um, I had one, um, client who was, um, single, not married and just a few years younger than me so that was just an interesting experience to see what she was going through in her life compared to someone who had you know two kids in a marriage and you know going through what they're going through
0: yeah absolutely and so right now or actually before we go on um what are um so right now is coaching your main thing or is there something else that you're focusing on is do, do you do it full-time
1: so I don't do it full-time. I mean, in the sense that it's like a 40-hour, like a, a typical 40-hour work week, if that makes sense. Because I, I don't want to be that overwhelmed, I guess, and fully booked in that sense. Because I think that's too much for me. And I, I don't think I would be a good coach in that in that regard. So I try and, and schedule a lot of time in there too. So I, I think you've mentioned I have a podcast. So I really, really enjoy working on that. I launched that last... Um, June and have had just a blast with that. Um, it's one thing that's interesting with podcasting, though, is you get every once in a while you'll get a response, but you are actually like shouting into this void, and you hope that your message is getting you know across. And then just like the other day, I was having doubts, and then I got a message on Facebook from someone who's like, "Oh my gosh, it's great, keep doing it." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> that's what you wait for is just that one thing that someone says, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna keep going." Um, And so that's what I'm currently doing right now is just taking on certain clients that kind of we mesh. And um, what I will be launching is a um, membership in April of this year to a larger audience of people. I want to try and get just more women involved. I want to have a better and bigger community of support system. Um, I think social media is great for that. And um, again, so for some people who might, you know, live in the middle of nowhere, they might not have a lot of people to talk to, um, or their friends aren't going through the same thing that they're going through. You know, some girlfriends that they have are loving having, been an empty nester, and they have all this freedom. And then you have other women who are like, I'm struggling, and I don't know what to do with it. So I just... I really want to empower more women to in this kind of like their second half of their life to just finally go after what they want to do and don't let their own self basically get in the way
0: that's so exciting and super interesting as well i'm glad you mentioned the membership because when we so when, when i coach my clients and defining their coaching programs right i always say that you need to think of, okay, who is the target group? And they're at this point A where they you know have struggles and problems and they want to get to a point B. And then there's this bridge in between that gets them there. And then you really need to think about for your coaching programs, what's the most effective way to get them there? And sometimes it's not purely one-on-one coaching, right? Sometimes in to get certain results, like for example, in your niche, like you said, the community aspect and not feeling alone, being able to talk about struggles, you know, with with like-minded people, is so important. So eventually, after I can I can see that after Coaching One Hundred and One, you realize that part of that bridge needs to be the community. Yes, I think so too. I
1: think a lot of people just you want to feel normal, like what you're going through is normal. And so when you reach out or you, oh, I am feeling exactly the way that other woman just feel. She summed it up so well and what, what she posted and how she said it. Um, or you'll have someone who will actually go out out on that limb and actually post you know for the first time and then you've got a lot of people who are the introverts like me who don't post a lot and just want to listen and absorb and that's how they internalize and they deal with things and so but I kind of want to challenge those introverts to kind of come out of their shell just a little bit more and get a more fully involved experience that I think will then just take them to wherever they want to go next for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, with the membership, I'd love to know how do you balance right now, you know, you have your podcast, you have your coaching clients, and you're working on launching the membership. How do you balance all of that? (laughs)
1: Yeah. What's funny that you say that is that, so I launched my podcast last year in June and I always, so I'm, I did a podcast episode kind of on this. I'm a huge planner. I love planning. And I feel like if I have a plan, then I feel good. And my anxiety level is like normal. And I felt like I did, I just launched it to get it out, but I didn't quite have a huge plan what I wanted to do. And so I kind of struggled all of last year, but for six months trying to figure out, I kept doing it. And my goal really was just to get one podcast episode out every single week, just at least dedicate that. So then when the holidays came, I kind of said, you know, I'm going to slow down a little bit and I really need to regroup. So for December and um, January, I kind of regrouped and got to planning like a lot And then I planned out for like the next, like um, I think four to six months. And now I feel so much better (laughs) just because I did that part. And now what I'm trying to do is, um, I did a whole bunch of interviews over the holidays. And those are now, I spent like a couple of days just focused on that one thing, getting all those things done. So now that's done. And now I'm gonna focus on the next, like maybe eight weeks of single podcast episodes for myself and plan that out. And once I've got that all kind of done, And then I'm going to shift into just finishing out all my membership stuff. I've kind of got, it, like I said, I've got this overarching plan and I know what things I need to hit now. And again, I feel so much better because I actually finally like organized everything. So yeah, yeah, it's all, it it looks like it's all working and, but I know there's a lot of things going on in the background that people can't see.
0: I love that so much that you explained it right now because like batching right It's such a like because I'm coming so in my own coaching business I'm a productivity coach and so like I totally am such a fan of you know focusing on one thing and batching a lot like you know whether it's podcast episodes or it's blog articles or even you know having certain days where you're gonna just focus on, on creating that new product because that's really helping you just focus down so you can do deep work but then also you know um, get it out of the way right not trying to always balance everything but actually say like you know it's sequentially you know that's I'm focusing on this now and then once I'm done focusing on the other it's so easier for your easier for your brain as well because you don't constantly need to switch tasks so I I love that so much
1: yeah. Cause I get, I get up relatively early, usually around like five o'clock in the morning, and then I'll go and work out like about seven, 15, eight, uh, seven, 15 o'clock, seven oh Oh my God. Seven 15 in the morning. And because I do that, um, I try and schedule like really easy stuff in that little two hour window. So as you're saying, so something that's not heavy and I can just kind of even if it's just get through a ton of emails or just do a couple of things that I can know can get out of the way and then I save my time for the real planning and I try and do that with like no one in the house because I just shut the door and it's quiet and I love it when I can actually have a a thought start and finish, like in the same amount of time and not get interrupted by a dog, uh, uh, my husband or my son who is here. And then
0: I'm just like, the door is shut for a reason. (laughs)
1: Just don't open it at all.
0: (laughs) Totally. That makes so much sense. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit more about how you, we talked about how you organize yourself in terms of managing different projects, but you also mentioned you're an introvert. And that's usually, I know a lot of coaches are introverts. But it's also a very specific challenge to be an introvert coach. So like, how do you deal with that? And what are your best tips for introvert coaches?
1: <laughs> so um, what was really funny is that I noticed last year that I was doing a lot of reading. Now, I love, I love, love, love to read. and so, But I noticed that I was actually using reading as an excuse not to do things. And I'm like, that's not healthy for me. And I, and I finally recognized that. And um, I was reading a couple of like kind of good book, self-help books kind of thing. And one thing kind of struck to me, and it's a quote that I have, like you're sitting on my desk and it basically it just says, you have to be brave with your life so that others can be brave with theirs. And I don't know, for me, something like switched in me. And I just thought I have to put aside all these introvert tendencies and just kind of push them to the side so every time I now do something I'm just like nope not gonna listen to that other nope not gonna listen to that I'm just gonna keep you know doing it so like one of my big challenges is doing uh Facebook lives like I know I need to do them but for me that is kind of like a little bit of a hurdle to do but I was also I loved acting in high school and I'm not saying that I'm going to be quote acting when I'm doing a Facebook Live, but I get into a different headspace when I have to do that, if that makes sense. And I also try and imagine that I'm just talking to one person. Like I'm not going to try and and think, oh my God, there's 20 people watching this and I start to panic. I'm just like, nope, I'm talking to one person, one person only. And that's what I'm going to concentrate on. But I also try and balance the introvert tendencies of um, just more downtime and I know like we like to be quiet, we like to just kind of sit and do nothing for a little bit and that's how like I kind of recharge um, and that's why I like shut the door a lot. <laughs> just need space for my family <laughs> um, and that's kind of how it, I've tackled that and with podcasting, I feel like when i I, I structured my podcast so that when I talk, I'm talking to one person. so I know that some people when they do solo episodes, they're talking to everybody or they are talking to their audience. And I try and talk to the one person. Like I imagine I'm talking to one person that's sitting right across from me. And that's what I love about podcasting is I can talk about anything that I want and just put it out there. And I've, I joke around and one of the things I always say is that I feel like I've been biting my tongue for the, f- like the past 40 years and podcasting has allowed me to unclench my jaw and then get all the thoughts out that I want to talk about that I think are important to me. And so that's one thing that I've done as an introvert. It's just, that's my voice. That's how I'm able to get it out.
0: Wow. It sounds really healing, like a really healing experience. Mm-hmm. That's it's a good word for it. Definitely. <laughs> awesome. Great. So I like to get a little bit more into how you structure your coaching programs. Um, specifically, how do you work with one-on-one clients now, right? When they come to you, how does it look like? Is it a three-month program, you know, weekly sessions? What else do you give them? And how does that look differently than in the membership?
1: So um, so one-on-one work, I really try and kind of structure and cater to each individual person. I mean, yes, I have kind of like the, the set things that I do, but I really try and listen to where they are and what they're going to need. Um, I... Just tr- truly, really, even at least six months. Three months, I think you kind of just get going, and then I feel like it's you just need that little extra, like, to support to keep going. So I like to do six months um, with that, and I, I definitely weekly. So I meet weekly, and then we just kind of talk about it, and I let them kind of really lead the conversation. So. Um, sometimes it's a little hard when you've got clients who are good talkers and uh, you don't want to cut them off because they are telling them all about your week. But I'm also trying, you know, trying to focus in on like, okay, all right, thank you for telling me all the gossip about your girlfriend, but let's try to focus on what we're really are trying to focus on with this uh, session. And then, you know, some sessions are like that. It's just them trying to get off their chest all the things that they want to do. So um, with a membership, it's going to be more uh, structured about maybe a theme each month about what something is kind of important upon. I'm going to try and uh, pull the audience a little bit each month or every couple of months, try and figure out where they all are, what are they struggling with the most? Because even if maybe 30% are struggling with this one thing, I know that 70% might still benefit you know, from whatever we're going to work on that month. And then I haven't quite nailed down exactly how it's going to go, but for something, it's going to be like, um, for one week, it's going to be a call of all of us and myself. And maybe we're going to talk about what we've been talking about for the whole entire month. There might be homework involved, but I don't want to overwhelm. That's one of the big things that I've learned is that you want to try and give it a structure and not overwhelm, but then also make it as much fun as possible. So that's one thing I love to do is make things fun for people and make it enjoyable. So that's kind of where I'm directing it uh, right now. So, and I'm going to launch so that I don't, I don't want a ton of people all at, at once because <laughs> I'm going to relaunch it again in September. um August, September timeframe when a lot of women have just become recent empty nesters with people going back to school and college and such. So kind of launching it now to kind of get like a beta group founding members group together. And then I'm going to launch it again later on this year to a bigger audience, hopefully.
0: That's so great. I'd just like to emphasize a few things that you just said there, because it's such great tips. Like one was like where you said, you know give it a structure, but don't overwhelm them. So that's especially you know in one on one coaching it's a little easier, but especially when we're you know launching an online course or a membership, we tend to just you know give value, give value, give value, but that's not really what's in the highest interest of our you know target audience. and so the the other thing that you said was, do you launching, like you're launching a beta program, which is amazing because that's always also something I always recommend my clients. You know, test it out, get a small group of people on, really, you know, allow yourself to, to experiment because the program that you've developed, even though if it's based on one-on-one coaching before, it, it's probably exactly what they need. But because you're working with a group, you need to fine tune and all of that. So launching as a beta program is, is such a great tip. And then also, I love what you said about the, the sep- September time because that really shows you know how well you know your target audience. And then this is such a perfect time. Sometimes we have a target audience where you will have a specific time where it makes the most sense, right? To you know go out and actually you know launch a program or launch a coaching uh, program or something. So that's uh, that's amazing. I just wanted to highlight these points because it's such great tips. Thanks so much for sharing.
1: And when I've, I had this uh, yearly planner up on my wall, basically, and so I've put everything in there and I've also put, so here in the United States, we've got the election and that's going to happen in November. And so I went online and I found a place that told me every single thing that was important about the election, like uh, when the different Uh, Debates are going to happen when voting is going to happen, and I've put that all on the calendar because I've heard many times because I've been in other retail spaces that you just don't want to do anything or you don't launch anything around a major. Uh, election like here in the united states and so i'm that's why I, and that's so twofold i'm gonna launch august september because then there's a month october and then voting happens in november so i'm hoping that it will be far enough away from that that it won't overtake everything as well i've tried to put everything that i could think of on this board and I, i'm sure i haven't
0: thought of it all <laughs> that makes so much sense like that makes so much sense Great. Um, all right. I'd love to talk a little bit more about specifically what are the, for your target group, what are the, the problems and challenges they come to you for? And what are some of the results that you're getting them? And maybe you even have, you know, one case study that, you know, a client that you really, where you said like, that's a perfect example.
1: So um, they come for a lot of reasons. And what I mean by that is there could be uh, loneliness, that they're feeling unwanted, that they were, their definition of themselves was mom. And now they can't, they feel like they, they can't define themselves with that word anymore, even though you, they are still a mom. It's just a different relationship with their kids. It's not everyday all the time, 24 hours a day, you might be reaching out to them once a week or once a month or hopefully once a day, but every child is different. And so they're struggling with my child doesn't communicate with me as much as they used to. Um, They could be struggling with now realizing that, um, do I want to be in this marriage anymore? Like my relationship with my husband is different now without the kids being here all the time. And for the most part, a lot also feel um, guilty and struggling with that guilt and like they They changed over the years. They might not have taken care of themselves as much as they should have. And now they they have the time that they can. They might feel guilty with trying to take care of themselves. Because, again, they've been givers, giver, giver, giver to someone else for so long. And now they have no place to give. And now they really need to turn inwards and be okay with turning inwards and figuring that out. Um, I'm trying to think of a good, like, case study for you. She... She came to me and she was kind of struggling with work and she was an introvert because even though you're struggling with who your identity as a mom, it kind of, you know, falls into other parts of your life, of course. So she was struggling at work with, um, she just changed jobs. And so now she was feeling even more uncertain, you know, cause there's a whole new dynamic with a new job. And so I tried just to help coach her through the new relationship And again, she was an introvert, so I kind of related that to her, and I said, yeah, you're gonna have to just try, and it's gonna be a little uncomfortable, you're gonna have to. But like one of the tips that I always give people, um, if you're an introvert, is the best way to start communicating with someone that you don't know is just you keep asking questions. So you just build on that as they go. And as they, as the person answers your questions, ask another question, or you answer the question you just asked with your own personal information and just keep building on with that. And so each time she went to a different um, situation, whether it was a like a group meeting or a lunch, or one time they had to go to a basketball game, her boss invited her and the rest of the staff to a basketball game, and she was just so so nervous about that. Um, I just kept telling her, you just keep asking questions and you'll make it through the night. And I got a text later that evening from her and she was apologetic because it was like super late at night. She's like, oh my God, it totally worked. I, I actually talked to everybody and I actually had a good time and I actually had fun. And I just always think that those little tiny wins show the person that, okay, I can do this. It's not as hard as my brain was making it out to be.
0: So and that's often really the value of a coach, right? Like someone to just be there with you and talk it through, right? And maybe give you that little small tip and actually hold you accountable to using it, right? Exactly.
1: Because it's funny, she texted me and um, she was on this uh, the subway or the tube to, to go to the basketball game. And she was like, okay, it's doing all right. And I was asking her about her kids and I thought she didn't like me. And we started talking about our kids and it was great. And even though she's her young kids, I have older kids and I was giving her some tips and I was like, there's always something that you can find that you can relate with that other person. You just have to find what that other thing is and you'll be able to kind of then take off with the conversation. And now with that being said, there are some people that even, I mean, I can talk to anybody, but usually sometimes you know, you'll find somebody and you're just like, all right, I can't, I just can't. <laughs> they're just not communicative, or maybe they're having a bad day. And I'm just going to go over here with my book on the airplane and sit over here by myself.
0: <laughs> totally. Totally. I'd like to bring you back a little bit to the bridge that we talked about before, right? So you said, okay, these, you described so well, like, the struggles and pain points that your audience comes to you for. So what are some of the, you know, results of working with you? How do they, how do they actually want to feel? Right.
1: So I would say that the biggest results is they're just, um, they're happier. Like they're more comfortable. They are, Uh, They understand why their kids might not communicate all the time. They've had conversations with people that they might not have been avoiding to have to then resolve what they perceived as something that was going on when there actually really wasn't anything going on at all. They're more confident. Um, Like I said, I think the biggest thing is they're just, they're happier. They're just, they're happier in a happier place. And they maybe have forgiven themselves for not taking care of them for so long and but then now and are giving them the the permission even just to go spend money you know I think as moms sometimes we spend all the money that's extra on our kids that we might not even just go buy ourselves new nail polish I mean it could be as simple as that little tiny gift to yourself (laughs) just go do that and once a week do your nails just to make yourself feel that much better and just even doing little tiny things like that has helped Greatly. I also think that a lot of women, um, they don't know how to put stuff together. Like we're all, I think like we're always struggling with. I don't know what the right lipstick is. I don't know how to do my hair. I'm I'm constantly frumpy, and I don't know how to dress or anything like that. And so just with little confidence boosters for them like just just getting a new hairstyle you know one that they've had for like 20 years just a little tiny change like that you know can make a huge difference in their lives too
0: absolutely and i'd love to hook on to that because i agree it can make such a big difference you know investing in yourself a little bit and that makes me think that it must actually be really hard to sell your coaching because if that's a mindset shift, right, that you're working on with your clients once they signed up to the coaching, how do you get them to, you know, invest in themselves and invest in this type of coaching?
1: I think it's, I tell people that, so how long have you been feeling like this? You know, and usually the answer is for a while, like they can't remember when it started, but they feel like they've been feeling this just uncertainty, this fear, this loneliness for a long time. And I'll I'll tell them like, okay, do you still want to be like that in three months? Do you still want to be like that in six months? You know, why don't you try this? And because I'm a big believer. And once they try it, I mean, forget it. They're just, they understand it. I think there's, that's also the other thing is that people don't understand what coaching is. I think women are more receptive to it, than possibly than men are. And I think also that um, it's, it's a harder sell to the when you're a life coach in the sense that like a business coach, like a business coach, you definitely can like hit all the, the points of why, you know, you're going to, X time your revenue, you're going to get more clients, you're going to do this, 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 this. Um, and for life coaching, I just think that the benefits are just ginormous, because you're going to start with maybe this little tiny thing, but it's going to affect your family. It's going to affect you. It's going to your, affect your relationships, and it's going to affect your business and the rest of your life. If you just put the effort and the energy into it now, instead of trying to find all the answers on YouTube, you know, and Google searches, you know, you, you're going to just exhaust yourself trying to find all that information when you could just do it in you know three or six months and be
0: good. Yeah, I love what you said. This was such a great sales tip, like asking them the question, you know, imagine, do you still want to feel like that in three months, right? Like, this is actually a question that anyone, any coach can use in the discovery call, but just asking, you know, imagine it's, you know, the end of the year or, you know, it's a year later and you still haven't taken action or there's still no change or you still feel stuck, you still feel this way, right? This is such a great question to make them realize, okay, maybe it is time to invest and maybe it's time for coaching.
1: Yeah. And I'll, I'll try and ask them about their dreams. Like what were some dreams that you had in your twenties and have those dreams changed? Do you want to do something different? And like, how are you feeling now? And where do you want to be? Like, how do you want to feel later in six months? You know, what's, what do you think is the biggest thing that is your stumbling block that you have to move? And sometimes it could be someone that is your, your parent or your friend or family member that's your biggest stumbling block. But just recognizing that that might be a little bit harder, then that's, again, half the battle right there, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Great. So how do clients find you? What usually triggers them to set up that first discovery call?
1: I think it's definitely um, time. And what I mean by that is that they have to listen to a podcast. Maybe they've started following me on social media. It takes definitely um, a lot of time. And so um, I also do a lot through Pinterest. So I turn all my podcast episodes into Pinterest pins. And I have to say that a lot of people actually do come through that I think when I go back and kind of ask them, like, how did you first find me? It's usually through Pinterest and then it kind of goes into, then the podcast and then social media. And then it's kind of that kind of
0: Mm -hmm. loop around. Because Pinterest is totally your target group, right? Like I think 70% of Pinterest is female and, you know, homemakers. I think female homemakers is, you know, that is Pinterest. So that's a, that's such a great example of, you know, picking, the social media channel or the marketing channel that's going to resonate the most with your audience like where does your audience hang out and in your case it's pinterest and i think it's there in facebook like i
1: don't think my target market they might hang out a little bit on instagram but i don't i i think i see more of an impact more on facebook and in facebook groups that's where i kind of see more of an impact there
0: yeah, absolutely. It might be like the younger, I see it a lot with the younger generation, they're more on Instagram and they're like, you know, Facebook is not really something they're, you know, spend any time on anymore, but with the older demographic, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I definitely think that's what I'm also learned is that you don't have to be everywhere. I know everyone says that, but I, I strongly have made that my goal not to be everywhere. Like I'm not, like I have a Twitter profile, but I don't do anything on it. Cause I'm like, that's just one more thing I have to worry about. I don't feel like, I don't feel like dealing with that. I know there's a lot of other newer apps that people like TikTok and WhatsApp and all these other things that I'm like, no, I'm just, I can't, I don't have the bandwidth and I'm just not going to try and be everywhere. I'd rather dedicate all my time into Facebook and Pinterest where I think I know that my target market is located.
0: Absolutely great so i have a couple of like now it's a really exciting part i have a couple of quick fire questions so i'd love for you to just you know ask it a question just answer it in like you know three to five sentences as quick as possible all right got it what is your best advice for anyone who wants to become a coach or is thinking about becoming a coach
1: Well, of course, I'm going to be biased and just say, just go do it because if you're feeling that calling and something definitely inside of you is
0: going to match up with that, I would, I just make, I would just go do it. Awesome. And in your opinion, what does it take to build a successful coaching business? What are your keys to success?
1: Patience is a big one. I really do think patience. I'm. I think that people in this social media world want in everything instantaneously. It's just like when you're have the internet and it's taking longer for something to load, you're getting antsy. And I remember the days when, yeah, you got to sit there for 10 minutes, you know, before like something happens. So I think through this whole process is I'm, I've learned more patience and also uh, narrowing the focus down on just a few things and try not to
0: be everywhere all the time. That's, that's really great advice. What's your best advice for selling your services?
1: Be genuine. I that's the biggest thing I think I I can do. I really am able to relate to other people, so I just don't have any other way of knowing and I feel like I'm I'm very good at calling people out on BS, like when someone comes to me and they're starting to sell their stuff, I'm just like, "Mm, no, I just don't. It's too salesy for me. I I call it like the the car salesman approach. And that's just not my way of doing things at all.
0: (laughs) Awesome. What is your best advice for becoming a really good coach who consistently gets results for their clients?
1: Listen more than you talk. I think that's the biggest one for me. Um, and the biggest one I've had to learn because my brain, um, I took the strengths finders test a while ago. And one of my biggest strengths is strategic and that's my number one. And so strategic means that I can take a problem and solve it for you within, like, I, I just can figure it all out really fast. And I've had to learn to turn that off and listen to my client and let them figure it out, trying to help push or pull them in the right direction. Cause I, I, probably know the answer already, but I need them to figure out the answer themselves. So that's been hard. That's a good one for me to keep working on is to listen more than
0: talk. And why is it so important, you know, for a great coach to, to help the client find the result? I find the, the answers themselves.
1: I think it's a bigger success for them. I, I, through the coaching university process, one of the biggest things is that you don't want to be relied upon in the sense that you want the coachee to rely on themselves and you want to help guide them through the whole process, but you don't want them to rely on you to tell them how good they are, tell them how wonderful they are. They need to learn that for themselves and be self-affirming through the whole entire process.
0: Absolutely. And last, what is your best advice for organizing your coaching business and working with clients?
1: Well, I have uh, one thing that I found that's organ- been really good at organizing is a program called Dubsado. So I I've stumbled upon them somehow and I use it for podcasting and podcasting guests as long, as well as all of my coaching clients is how they, you know, enter the whole process. I do all my questionnaires and how they upload their results or their homework. And if we record a video, I can put it in there if they want. So it's just been a really great tool to help organize that whole process. And it also links and works with your Gmail account. I mean, I just, it that's that's one of the biggest ways that I've organized my whole thing. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Yeah, I know Dubsado, I'm not working with it myself, but I know it's a complete client management, actually complete business management system. So that's always something I really love when it's a one stop thing and you can organize everything in one place.
1: I know it's for, I think, more like photographers and different and, th- and graphic designers, but because I kept looking at it and I joined the fa- their fa- free Facebook group where they put all the information and I was like, no, I think I can make it my own. And then once someone posted something about utilizing it for their podcast and how they did it, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm in. Like I, th- I, I need that. I want that. And that was it. I know I, it was more for podcasting than it was clients. And I thought it was a little backwards,
0: but <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks so much for doing the quick crack questions with me. Sure. <laughs> Before we wrap up our conversation, I'd love to know who are your personal mentors, teachers, coaches? Are you working with a coach yourself or who, you know, who are you following?
1: So let's see. One of my biggest sounding boards is my mom. So I'd have to give definite all the credit to her. We're all like in many ways. And so she'll say stuff to me like, Oh, I'm so sorry. You're like me. I'm like, no, I li- <laughs> it's good. I like it. So it's fine. So she's one of my biggest people that I look up to. And for people that I follow, like on social media for inspiration, um, actually I fit, I probably follow more business related people. Cause that's kind of my background too. I, I've done, I was a photographer for a number of years and I also did a lot of marketing. And so I understand the online space. So I follow like Amy Porterfield, Marie Forleo, uh, James Wedmore. I'm trying to think who comes up on my my feed the most, but those are three three of the top that I I do follow.
0: Great, it's very similar people that I'm following too. So (laughs) we got a link down below, amazing. Okay, where can people find you online if someone wants to reach out?
1: Sure. So my website is just my name, com, And I'm on Facebook and I have a great Facebook group that I love to interact with. And so it's called the Kids Are Grown Now What Community. So if you are feeling and struggling, trying to figure out the what's next, of course, after your kids have grown and flown the coop, as they say, then please feel free to join, even if you're not there yet, but maybe you will be in another two to four years. It's always I try and encourage women to start this process sooner rather than later. So they're not hit with it all at once. They've kind of been building up to it before then, but you can also find me um, on all social media at adoringly Alice.
0: Great. Thanks so much, Alice. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience before we, you know, close the conversation?
1: I would just say that um, if you've been feeling like you want to get into coaching, just do your research because that's what I did for a long time, but then you have to stop doing the research and then just do it.
0: (laughs) That's such great advice. Thanks so much, Alice. Oh, thank you so much, Liz. (laughs) and if you like this episode and want to stay up to date with new releases i'd love if you subscribe to the show on itunes spotify or wherever you're listening to this and if you're ready to take the next step and start your own coaching business head to confidentcoachclub.com to take our free five-day email course that will teach you the key steps to launch your coaching career